Hi everyone, quick introduction to this week's episode. Um, today we're talking to Martin Frolander, super great guy coming in from Zurich in Switzerland. He's a Mozambican and Swedish, you'll have to listen to make sense of that. He's a CEO, he also invests in a bunch of entrepreneurial ventures. Um, he's a humanitarian and super focused on well-being. Uh, so we get into all of that, especially how to love Mondays. Um, and I think you'll find some really valuable uh, insights and, uh, and thought-provoking uh, parts of the conversation here. Um, I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you want to look at the timestamps to understand where things are going on, if you're watching on YouTube, they'll be just down below in the description. If you're listening on the podcast apps, then they'll be in the descriptions there as well. All right, uh, I'll see you at the other end. Take care. Hi, you're listening to Wimbledon, hosted by me, Nick Ray. Hi there, welcome back everybody. Uh, it's been a bit of a break between the last podcast and now. I haven't been on holiday, unfortunately. I'd love to have been on holiday, uh, but no, I've just, uh, uh, I actually had a guest uh, that dropped out and uh, I've I've been uh, badgering Martin here, who I have coming in from Zurich and uh, we've, we've missed schedules a couple of times, but I'm very happy to have him on the line now uh, talking to me. And Martin, um, I'm gonna actually pass straight over to you to introduce yourself. Uh, Mar- but before we, I do that, I'm just going to say that Martin actually is kind of a legend uh, in a lot of the circles I've been in uh, again with EF the the company those of you following this podcast have heard a lot about Um, his wife actually is uh, was one of my managers along the way a wonderful woman Anna Uh, and uh, I've only met Martin though I think I think once or maybe twice uh, in my whole life and it was very briefly so we don't really know each other that well uh, but I just know a lot about Martin so um, and I've heard so many positive things so I was like this guy has to come on the podcast if I can get him. So here he is. And uh, Martin, with all of that and uh, <laughs> a nice big uh, massage of your ego there, I'm going to pass <laughs> over to you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, uh, how you ended up where you are now. Uh, uh, thanks for that intro, uh, Nick. And thanks for having me on the podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you just heard the positive things. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of other stories as well. <laughs> so uh, yes, let let me sort of start a little bit where where I come from. I, I might have a little bit of a different upbringing compared to a few other people. Uh, I'm Swedish uh, by birth, but truly African or Mozambican at heart. So uh, I was born in Sweden. Uh, lived in a small little village close to Norway, actually. And uh, by the time I was about 11, uh, late 80s, uh, my parents got uh, a job in Mozambique. So they got to teach at the Swedish school in Mozambique. Uh, So I moved to Mozambique in the late 80s from uh, a Swedish, a small Swedish city uh, to an African uh, uh, country. At that time, it was the third poorest country, I think, uh, if I don't recall wrong. And it was a full-blown civil war. So a big difference from, from a small little safe uh, village in Sweden uh, to uh, Maputo in Mozambique. Uh, a very big difference, especially as a, as a blonde young little boy. Um, so I lived there for about 
eight years permanently. I think up until the age of about 18 and then mm-hmm. off and on for for another five, ten years, basically. So it's still the place where I've spent the most time uh, in my life, although I've lived in a lot of uh, many other cities. Uh, I've moved back to Sweden a handful of times, uh, but also been living in London and Rome and for the last uh, nine years here in Zurich together with my three kids, dog, and beautiful wife. I love that she comes at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, she's three been a, she's dog been a, and she, wife. She's been around for the longest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know. Okay. Good save. Good save. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, so that's a little bit about about my my upbringing uh, personally. Um, okay. So very... what about professionally then? So your journey, uh, I guess you, did you go to university in Mozambique or was that why you left at 18? I left actually to, to uh, uh, go to university in Sweden. Uh, mm-hmm. I applied to universities in South Africa and the US. So I was meant to, to go through either one of those two places. But for some reason, I ended up back in Sweden. Uh, I thought it was about time after spending such a long time outside of Sweden to go back and sort of try to become a little bit more Swedish again. Uh, so I did a few years of uni uh, back in, in Sweden. I did uh, business uh, and I graduated back in 99, 2000. I can't really remember. A while back. <laughs> I know how uh, that feels. <laughs> but, and I also, got to, I also got to spend uh, a year in Australia as well during my studies. Okay, and then you went straight uh, abroad again, or what? What was the what was the journey then? I did actually. I, I actually went back to Mozambique. I'd given uh, sort of uh, Sweden a bit of a try, uh, mm-hmm. and it was not really my my cup of tea uh, for the long run. I really enjoyed coming back, uh, sort of engaging with with Swedish uh, culture and people again, but I felt that I I, I uh, was meant to go elsewhere. So I founded my, my first company uh, back at the time while I was actually graduating. Uh, and the business I set up was was basically a consultancy business helping uh, government, uh, government agencies, parliaments and other international institutions to, to run uh, projects in developing countries. So mm-hmm. uh, I basically spent another five years uh, off and on uh, Africa and, and, and Sweden. That's amazing, yeah. And and so I, I know from uh, from your profile, your, I mean, I, I can't remember that. Actually, I can, I've probably got it up in front of me here. But the 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 one of your headline uh, factors, yeah, humanity. I was going to say humanitarian, but I wasn't sure if that was the right word word there. But uh, something you describe yourself as very much. But, oh, I lost you for a second. But I think uh, something you've described yeah. yourself very much as is a human. Uh, well, with humanity, uh, I don't know if humanitarian is the right word or terminology. But uh, do you think that came from your experiences when you were young? And and can you talk me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, interesting that you bring it up. Uh, and well spotted. <laughs> I think it's it's super close to my heart. I mean, we we currently as well run an orphanage. In Mozambique, we try to support oh. as much as we can. But I think uh, 
you know, I, I lived in Mozambique during my teens, right? So I think that's a, a time in life when your surrounding obviously has a, a quite a significant impact on your identity, personality, and I think, you know, attitude uh, towards life in general, right? So, so I think there was a couple of obvious uh, things that you pick up, even as a somewhat lost teenager, uh, having other interests. Uh, but, but I think one of the things, of course, is that, you know, growing up seeing extreme poverty, which it was at the time and still is, I think it, it made me aware of how fortunate I was. And I think already at a very, very early age, uh, that one of my responsibilities were really to help others. I think that, mm. that that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, when you, when you move to a country uh, where you have the majority of a population living in extreme poverty, you have war around the corner, you're struggling to get by uh, every day, basically, and you come across people uh, as happy as uh, happy gets, you know, it's just fantastic, great laughter, you know, uh, extreme positivity, uh, no worries, and, you know, taking things as they come. So uh, I think that, you know, you, you realize quite quickly as well that, of course, you know, there is so many other elements to, to uh, what makes people happy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just try to help as much as I possibly can, but I, I absolutely see it as my responsibility and my duty to, to help as much as I can. Hmm. I, I I love that, and I, I, but I, I'm I'm very I'm very intrigued. I, I, it's not I love that, but I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I think it's a a, a wonderful thing. I, I I think it's interesting. I don't know, and I may be being a little presumptuous, but I wonder if your parents being teachers, and by association, therefore probably wanting to help even just as teachers but deciding to go to Mozambique with a young kid uh in uh, you know during that uh, civil unrest and everything else four of us right uh, they must whoa okay so going with four yeah so they must also have a bit of a mission to to help and 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 to be uh, to have a positive impact so I, i'm imagining that that's also f like um adjusted probably the way in which you experienced Mozambique because like you said so the reason I think about this is when I lived in India and it was ne it was definitely not you know civil war and it wasn't desperate poverty I was seeing everywhere but there was still a lot of people struggling around and the thing that kept being said to me over and over again was Nick you've just got to ignore it you've just got to you know you've got to ignore this because otherwise it's just going to drive you crazy or you know you can't you can't interact with those kids who are in the road you know trying to trying to get money from you because you just can't do it because you're just encouraging them and things and for me i was i was outraged by that because i i mean i I also feel a very strong uh, association in terms of humanity and i feel you know sickened by that disparity and that uh, i guess um uh yeah just de desperate yeah. situation that they're in so i couldn't ignore it and it did get me down but i was like i refused to ignore it and always tried to interact and i bought the most i mean i bought some really crazy 
Yeah, my, car, <laughs> my car sometimes ended up with you know paint all over me because it had just Perfect. been spray painted on the side of a road or something um but uh but but i i couldn't bring myself to change and i and i i guess that was just because i was a bit older and already established my feelings around you know how the world is but like you said during that time of being a teenager i wonder if that i wonder if those things had an influence on you do you, i mean you would you say that that was something strong and where were your parents in that way yeah an influence? i think i mean it, it, two two things uh, one thing is how i perceived it as a kid the other thing is how my my parents sort of introduced me to it i lost you how my parents introduced exactly exactly no but i think i mean i i was a kid uh, when I, I was there, I was 11 years old. And I think that as a, as a kid, you, you see the world through different lenses. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's still a lot about play, having fun, uh, enjoying friends around the corner. So I think I uh, immersed fully into it. I even learned the, the, not the national language, which is Portuguese, but the local language, which is either called Zonga or Jangana. Uh, I picked that up as a kid as well to be able to to really engage with with local local uh, kids. So, so I, I sort of you know being a kid, I think it helps. Uh, and being a kid, you're still very very curious. You're not afraid of things. You're you're rather curious about finding out and figuring out and understanding why things are so different. So I think that absolutely helped. Uh, and then on the other hand, I had great parents. They were politically engaged in everything. One of the reasons why they moved to Mozambique, I think, was because it aligned well with their ambition to to sort of, you know, make the world a little bit of a better place. So mm-hmm. they, they took us to every single remote uh, area that you could possibly imagine to show us that, okay, this is life uh, on the other side of the world. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, it's our it's our job to make sure it becomes a little bit better. So they absolutely had a had a huge impact in terms of how I got to to see the world in Mozambique, and it was far from a regular expat life. And your brothers and sisters, or brothers sisters, sisters, there's four of you, Three. sisters, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they older or younger than you? And, Two... and how was? It? Yes. Sorry? Sorry. Two older and one younger. Two older and one younger. Okay. So how is it for them as well as an experience? And and do you think it's affected them in a similar way? Or, I mean, have they grown up to be a similar sort of... Like, you've got to be careful what you say. Exactly. Watch right. It, but... uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think that, you know, we all have our own personal experience, right? Uh, yeah. But I think we we were there during sort of different stages in our life. Like my little sister, she was seven at the time she left after can't remember two three years maybe my parents got yeah. divorced so my mom moved back to sweden uh, my right. oldest sister she took off to the us to study so i think we all had different different experiences but as i was the one who stayed the longest i think i was the one most influenced by by the mozambican culture and and also my dad got remarried uh, to a mozambican lady and she had oh, right. she had two kids from a previous uh, marriage, so right. I think the day they moved in, we sort of switched from being a Swedish household to a Mozambican household, uh, which was a big change, uh, challenging but but very fun. Yeah. 
And I imagine, you know, uh, I don't want to be... I don't want to be, uh, I've got two daughters and I don't want I'm, I'm, I, a lot of these podcasts. I'm hoping they'll watch in the future. So I've got to be careful what I say, but there's a very fragile time for teenage girls, especially. So I imagine if your two sisters were older and, and teenagers, they probably had a very different experience at that time being moved from Sweden. If they were, if they had deeper friendships yeah. and things, I think 11 is kind of the sweet spot almost because you, you can change things at that point. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can imagine it being a little more complicated. Funnily enough, I moved to the UK when I was ten, uh, 10 and my sister was 13 and she we had a very different experience just doing that. We moved from Guernsey, which is in the Channel Islands, to, to the UK. And uh, yeah, I, I loved the change. It was great for me, but my sister found it really, really difficult to adjust, you know, just just and that wasn't even like. <laughs> anywhere close to the same cultural difference but but uh, it could be I, I think that also the, a big change could some sometimes be easier as well because yeah. uh, it's such a different experience uh, so you don't really get to compare apples with apples you know moving to the other side of the city and missing your friends this was a completely new experience yeah so, yeah yeah all, everything would be different, right? Everything, <laughs> everything. Although I had made plans with my friends before before moving to uh, to Mozambique that we would have sort of they would hide me and make sure my parents couldn't find me and I would stay in Sweden. <laughs> so, but I think okay. that, so. You weren't making it totally easy. For you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, so let's let's move on then, because career wise, you're now CEO. And you're living in Zurich, which is, you know, hyper-capitalistic uh, area. I'm, I'm intrigued by that contrast as well. And I'm not saying that CEOs can't and people living in Zurich can't be humanitarians, but there is a there is a, a definitely some interesting segue into where you now are in life. And and, you know, I know you're uh, you're an investor in things and you help people, uh, you help entrepreneurs. How do you how do you marry that together and what's your sort of philosophy around around how you operate now as a as a ceo and you know in in that realm of of capitalism i suppose and and uh, uh yeah that, how do you tie that in with the humanitarian elements well you know i definitely think uh, you can do both and uh you know it, it's funny right i'm from a family that sort of were politically very active uh, on the left side of the scale. Uh, and I sort of started uh, becoming super interested in, in entrepreneurship and, and business already at a very, very early age. So I started working when I was seven uh, and I distributed Sunday papers. Um, and already back then, I had I had a super interest in terms of okay, you know, how how can I do this uh, better? How can I scale it? Uh, how can I plan my routes uh, to fit in more more sales? Uh, you know, I already started thinking about those things when I was seven eight years old. So, hmm. me sort of becoming engaged in in businesses or running businesses or or or, or leading companies, I think has been a given since my 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 early childhood uh, so it's always been a very big passion of mine and uh, i've always had a big interest in in learning a lot of things uh, getting an opportunity to try different things and i think that goes very 
well with in particularly investing and starting companies. Uh, you get exposed mm-hmm. to a lot of different industries, a lot of different teams, a lot of different challenges. Uh, and there's a lot of variety in, in what you get to do. And I think that fits very well with, with uh, my curiosity and, and uh, my, my eager to learn new things, uh, which is something perhaps we, we become uh, less good at the older we, <laughs> we get. <laughs> uh, but I think it's, it's also, uh, you know, to tell you the truth as well, I mean, you know, due to the fact that I've had some success in business, it's also given me the opportunity to, to engage more with uh, humanitarian projects and, and being able yeah. to help. So, so I think it's, um, uh, it's been a good combination so far. Uh, and and I would like to do more of of both going forward. Yeah. No, I I, <clears throat> I definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously, it can be done, and and uh, you can 100% link the two. I just I often find it uh, an interesting thing when is, <clears throat> some some friends of mine. I won't shame them on this, but uh, well, I, <laughs> I even say friends carefully. Uh, definitely have you know like a, a very negative sentiment towards uh you know big business and 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 the, the, those people at the tops of of companies and things and i have my issues with certain elements of capitalism as well i mean i'm not uh you know i'm not immune to that either but i think it's very interesting that the amount of good that can be done when you have opportunity and access to various uh you know levels of influence and and uh and access to capital uh, which which you know without understanding capital it's it's not going to be very useful if you even if you have access to it so uh yeah i i was at business school and and i met a lot of people who all were very very keen to do good things and, and a lot of them have gone on to do some very good things as well i think uh some of some of us ha- came to the realization at the end of our time at business school we had a giant loan which we had to pay off so yeah. <laughs> having to go and work for companies which is what i did with the ef so but uh but yeah so it wasn't quite a jump straight into the humanitarian uh uh force perhaps that we would like but uh yeah we definitely definitely tying those two things together i think is is possible yeah but i think also uh, it depends what, what sort of you know money has never well never would be a lie when i was younger yes it was a main driver for sure but uh, you know for the last 15 20 years it hasn't been uh, my, my driving force at all it's been to build businesses uh, build concept solutions add value to customers hire people build teams so, so it's been it, it it's been being able to contribute in a lot of different ways, and and today I would say ninety percent of the companies I engage with, they are fully uh, into solving uh, one of the seventeen SDGs. So mm. uh, it's uh, to ninety five percent impact related. So, okay. so, so the capitalism itself has never been. Uh, a goal of mine at all okay what so i did my homework uh i found a youtube channel that i believe is yours uh and you have got your favorites as public so um uh i think if it's you you're a big fan of oasis no it's not me uh, <laughs> it's not no you. it's not oh, it's no. actually it's actually someone else 
There is. Oh, and there's Ricky Gervais on there yeah. as well. I was going to say Ricky Gervais. But, but yeah, but yeah. I've had my fair share of Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because it was a lot of Oasis, yeah. but there was also Ricky Gervais yeah. on there. The reason I was going to segue there was like, what, what are the things that actually get you excited in life? Not, it doesn't have to be about business, but what are the things that you really geek out on or you love to engage with yeah, well i mean I, I love i love my kids really it sounds uh, cheesy right but uh, i i think well, I, I don't think so, i but. still think i'm a big kid myself and it's uh, yeah. i think i've come to the point in life where i realize uh, you know they teach me more than i can teach them uh, and being close to them being engaged with them it, it feeds my curiosity and my perspectives on life as well so that for sure is something that, that gets me going and, and sort of relating that back to my own parenting skills and, and how to best equip them uh, for, for some good in life. But apart yeah. from that, health, well-being, big, big geek. I like to <laughs> explore and try everything. I mean, if you ask my wife, she's like, oh, what program did you buy now? <laughs> uh, Have you come across the Huberman Lab? No, but I, I've heard about it. This, this is going to change uh, you, your life, I reckon, for the positive. If you haven't listened to that, that is. Uh, and for those listening uh, or watching, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with this guy, uh, Andrew Huberman, who, who's done this pod. It's kind of a podcast. It's more just him talking. He's an incredible lecturer. So he talks about these incredibly scientific -y sort of things, which I am not a scientist. You know, I'm not a, a biologist or scientist in any way. I don't, I don't really know much of this stuff. <clears throat> but he he leads you through this stuff. And it's so fascinating about... I mean, he talks about sleep, he talks about emotions, stress, but he talks about everything that's actually happening to you and some tools that you can kind of use as a practical. And uh, yeah, I just found it amazing. And then every now and then he'll drop in a sentence which has got like six words that you would never have heard of before you started listening to this okay. thing. And then, and I just, the other day I, I was walking along listening to it and I just burst into laughter because I'm like, that sentence would have made no sense to me <laughs> like <Yeah>. four <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> but here I am understanding what he's talking about. Yeah, so you definitely should check out the Huberman. Yeah, I, I will. Anyway. I will definitely. Thanks for the tip yeah. though. And I'd say start yeah. at the beginning as well because he's, because I, jumped in at about and it's he's up to about 25 episodes now but like i jumped in at like 17 and it, it does make sense but he actually kind of takes you on this journey and and you know calls back to certain things he's talked about in the past so uh definitely i'd start at the beginning but yeah uh, I, anna could hate me for uh now <laughs> dragging you into even more things even more no time. but I, I think there is so i think to to that point right there is so many great people out there that we can learn from and you yeah. know with everything being so accessible today i think it's great you know you 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 sign up you give it a try and you see if it works for you and i think that that goes for everything within health uh, well-being fitness you have to try and try and try and see what sticks and what makes yeah. sense to you right um you know there is no one size fits all uh, so what is the main things that work for you then talk me through this the well-being that the well-being of uh of martin Prolanda. what is that what are the key <laughs> elements you think uh, i mean i i sort of got on a routine uh that happened by chance actually we we had spent uh, christmas and new years in australia and we got back and i was jet lagged 
And uh, during the few weeks we spent in Australia, my, my sister dragged me to the to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> who can possibly start working out at 5, 5 a.m.? Uh, so I had to do it for a few weeks and we got back here and I was jet lagged. And I thought, you know, what the heck? Why don't I just keep doing this? So I ended up getting up, going for a run and sort of, you know, 5.30, I'd done my run, 5.45, I've done a little bit of stretching, and then I was like, okay, what do I do with the, the rest of the 60 minutes before everyone wakes up? I started exploring meditation, yoga, and, you know, everything else that everyone does, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it changed me, really. I mean, I know everybody says, oh, it changes you, but, but I think it, it really did. Uh, so I have a, a pretty strict uh, morning routine uh, where mm-hmm. I spend two hours to myself, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've figured out that I need it uh, in order to sort of do all my other jobs well. You know, being a father, uh, doing a decent job uh, at work, being a good husband, trying to train my, my, my dog and puppy uh, to my best capabilities <laughs> you know so so i realized yeah this is what i need so 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 that's what i do it works super well for me uh but uh, for others you know you there might be something else out there that works better so i think that yeah, that's that's one thing that i do and then i've sort of i i went quite uh, i've always had this fascination about mondays i've always loved mondays uh, it's probably because i always hated sundays because <laughs> they were were so quiet and so calm so when monday uh, you know came and everything went back to normal uh, it was always super exciting to me so i've always loved mondays so i started looking into okay could there be any any benefits with loving Mondays, <laughs> you know, other than just loving it. <laughs> other than annoying people who love to say they hate Mondays. <laughs> exactly, you know. And then there isn't much research that has been done uh, in the area, but there is uh, some. And, and it's been proved that, that Mondays are, are quite uh, crucial uh, for maintaining aspirational behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically uh, one of these temporal landmarks that could per- perhaps be New Year's. Right. The New Year's resolutions uh, or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do this uh, uh, at my birthday or when I turn 40 or 50. So basically you have these temporal landmarks where you get a fresh start. Uh, and uh, the most common one is, of course, New Year's. You do it once a year. Uh, but uh, everybody loves a fresh start, so why not start fresh 52 times a year? So I started exploring this concept and built a system uh, to sort of revisit my uh, dreams, goals, achievements, uh, everything on a, on a, on a mundaily basis. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's, it works and it's pretty fun. Are you logging it somewhere? Are you journaling or uh, like, sometimes? You sometimes track. It depends on on sort of the progress I've had, uh, sort of you know thoughts, uh, ideas, reflections, uh, change in path, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
But I would, uh, you know, I would uh, recommend everyone to start loving Mondays and use it as a as a fresh start. Uh, and you know, it's it's been embedded in our culture for so long. That's what yeah. you went to church to do, right? Please forgive me. Yeah, can yeah, I? Yeah. Can I? Can I? Do I get to start over again? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I, uh, it's I hadn't really thought about it like that, but it is an interesting concept because I, I thought of it more like. starting to get up earlier and and try to seize the day, you know, carpe diem and all that. It's it's like that for me was like start over each day with a positive attitude or try and hit it, you know, and, and, and I, I, my, I, my wife and I sort of, she thinks I'm a morning person and she's not a morning person. I I think I, we, we clash a little bit on that because I think that's a mindset thing and I don't love waking up. Like I'm not, naturally jumping out of bed being like whoa yeah. yes you know thank god the day's beginning and yeah. the kids are crying again uh i'm, I'm also feeling like Whoa. but uh but then when you get outside or do you know take a moment it's so it, it sort of really makes you feel like you've already got something sorted for the day and that's like hitting the day running but i can imagine like taking a taking a good stop break once a week is more powerful because it's not every day and every day you know you don't always get that same energy (laughs) i think it's great doing it every day i think it's 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 a good thing you know uh that you have your intentions ready for the day and you know you wake up in good spirits i think it's great but i don't think you you have the the you know the, the power to actually go deeper and reflect on a daily basis you have to give you have to allow it for some space and then also evaluate your actions that you've done and see if they align well with with aspirations you have right so yeah uh, you know uh, you know if you're not used to it perhaps on a weekly basis it's uh, it's a lot but at least start on a monthly basis that, that's good enough so who who influences you then i i do i'm do you have sparring partners mentors do you have like do you, do you have a coach or you know do you, do you kind of look to people to help you it strikes me uh, just and i don't know you that well but it strikes me from what you've said you seem like quite an individual guy making these decisions on you a lot on your own and you know seven-year-old you taking the taking the initiative to work out bus um not bus routes better routes on your on your uh, delivery journey and stuff but are there people who you take influence from who you bounce ideas back and forth from and or is it just kind of you pick and choose as you see fit uh, I think, on the internet. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm quite, I'm quite uh, convinced that, uh, you know, when it comes to, well, anything that is personal to you, right, you have to find your own path and you have to do things that make sense to you. So I think that in order to find whatever that is, you need to try a lot of things. You need to be curious. You need mm-hmm. to jump, jump, uh, you know, jump out there and try things. So, so I think I've always been that kind of guy. I rather try and see uh, how it feels, what I feel, uh, what I learn, and then sort of evaluate and perhaps you know discuss it with someone. I try to discuss it with my wife, but she's sort of, you know, turning the other ear towards me after a second or two. 
Not, not again. Not again. <laughs> Find someone else to talk to. I feel like I found my kindred spirit here. <laughs> oh. when, when we press stop recording, then we'll have another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, so I think, but, but no, I, I really, I mean, like, like to your point a little bit, I was taught early on that if, if I want to make a difference, it's up to me. Uh, I yeah. was never given anything for free and I still carry that belief with me that it's up to me uh, to change things for myself and to change things for, for others. So, so yeah. I, I was taught that way and, and, and then... It doesn't mean that I, you know, uh, I'm sort of an individualist in 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 all sense. You know, uh, I mean, if I look at the way I've built my businesses, I would say it's uh, mostly thanks to all the great people I've been been able to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's uh, it's different. But when it comes to sort of my own curiosity to sort of improve my own health and well-being and self-care. Uh, yeah you know the internet and myself (laughs) (laughs) love it so um i do want to get i guess i should attack us back towards the theme of the podcast which is wind building but i'm really enjoying the conversation so i'll just keep going this direction and see and i mean we've tied in a lot of things which i consider wins anyway so uh, anyone listening who doesn't think i'm meeting the objective then uh well uh, keep listening i'm sure it'll get better <laughs> but uh i i love what you said about you know when i asked you what's your main sort of interest your mo- motivators you said kids and and i think i love that you take fatherhood so seriously i it's something that is so close to me as well and i'm always amazed when i meet people who don't feel that same strength of of uh passion about it and um yeah, I've talked about this before, uh, but, you know, one of the key reasons it's a bit of a head fake, this this podcast, actually, because one of the reasons I'm doing this is. Sorry, I lost I you, Nick. Oh, OK. OK. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll repeat yeah, what I was saying. Pa- passion about fatherhood. Yeah. So I, 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 I love that you share that passion about fatherhood, because for me, it always surprises me when people don't share that passion. And I find it kind of strange, actually, sometimes because um and I've said this before on the podcast, sometimes uh, I'm doing this in main part. It's a bit of a head fake. I'm doing it because I'm hoping that my kids will have interesting conversations their dad had with people who were positive and had really interesting stories to tell. And they'll learn from those experiences and learn from those people, but also see their dad in that hopefully positive light so it's a bit of a head fake and it's sort of a long-term very long-term uh mission (laughs) i'm on and i've also been vlogging privately for an audience of it started out of audience of one and then now is an audience of two i've got (laughs) like days and days of video that they are going to be able to watch of their kind of lives um from before before my oldest was even born i started filming and in fact, my wedding speech was to my future family into a GoPro. So um, but so I have the same passion about, you know, being a, being a dad and, you know, uh, and trying to improve how I am as a dad. So with that, like, you know, you said you take it seriously and you're trying to learn and they 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 feed your curiosity and that you learn so much from them. But I wanted to dig a little bit more into that, like, because I'm sure you have thought this through a lot and you've you know i'm sure you do take it very seriously so where you know where have you drawn your learnings from there and 
And what do you think are the key things that you uh, have learned about yourself, perhaps, or have learned about the way in which you, you know, or surprised yourself with, with fatherhood? Oh, wow. You know, I think that's a tough question. It, it, it is actually. And I think being a parent as well, it, it evolves over time, right? I mean, it's such a big difference from having the first one to now we have teenagers. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, every, every sort of new uh, year, every new era comes with new challenges uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of new things to learn. And I think that in general, I think that's the, the, the great things with having kids that as they grow older, you need to learn and understand uh, how they evolve, what's important to them, what is changing, uh, you know, in what way do we communicate and talk to them. Um, I have a, a six-year-old, uh, I have an 11-year-old, and I have a 13-year-old. You know, just, just the fact that how do you set rules and boundaries and rewards for kids that are completely different ages. You know, and how do you keep that together as a team, as a family? That's, it's a big challenge. How do I have to communicate with my 13-year-old daughter now compared to uh, three years ago when she was 10? You know, so, so I think you, you, as long as you're aware and as long as you try to, to, to see that things around you are evolving, things around you are changing, and if you want to maintain a tight, good relationship with your kids you got to move with times as well. So you got to understand and learn how to communicate, how to find their motivations. You know, uh, I think as, as the younger they are, the more they will just say, yes, dad, or yes, mom, uh, makes sense, I'll do it. The older they get, they'll start questioning. They want to start, they, they, they want to know why. They want to understand yeah. why it makes sense to them. Why do they have to do it? What, what will it benefit their life? You know, there's so many things. So I think you, you I think this in, in the family situation is where you learn the most uh, to keep a team together, to uh, figure out what each individual needs, uh, how mm. each and every element uh, of a daily life fits in and add value to the kids. Um, so I think, I mean, I think it's the best, it's the best school. It's the best learning experience you can have as long as you pay attention to it, as long as you engage and get involved. And I think that's usually what we don't do. You know, we get yeah. home tired from work. We, we say hi, we have dinner, uh, we talk about the day and then off they go on their electronics or, or whatever it might be, right? And, and we need that space as well. But I figured out that I take that space between five and 6.37 in the morning. Uh, yeah. So I don't have to take that time out of their daily life. Yeah. That's great. I'm, uh, yeah, we're struggling a little bit with the electronic thing. You, uh, <laughs> we there, all so are. I'm not going to pretend. We all are. Pretend. Come on, it's, it's the biggest <laughs> challenge we have. Uh, however, we agreed with the kids now tonight at dinner table that we're on detox until summer holiday is on. Oh, wow. What's detox, though? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> they've, had, they've had it before. <laughs> so. No, I. Uh... I, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's paining me a lot, actually. Um, not just for the kids, but, uh, actually, I think, 
I mean, I don't know if you saw the social dilemma on Netflix, but it, oh. it, it just the concept around our addiction and the way in which we're manipulated. I, it, it frustrates me a lot that, you know, um, uh, my own behavior with, you know, I just talk for myself, but I, I see lots of other adults doing the same thing. And, you know, we complain about kids being addicted to their the, the screens, but we're all sitting there, you know, and, and I've got this new watch, which, uh, which is, you know, one of these smartwatches. And actually I'd had another one and I turned off the notifications because I realized, you know, I'm, I'm getting distracted during conversations by, by my watch and I'm like what why is that important that I have a message on my watch I, I you know I can t if it's an important conversation I don't even need to look at my phone and if if it's an emergency they'll call me I've always said that you know so I, I find it very strange and it's this these constant distractions when people talk to you when they've got their airpods in, I'm starting to rant now but when they talk to you when they've got their ear, airpods in and you know you're sort of like are they listening to something yeah. but I think it's <laughs> like sort of I, I took I took my uh, uh, watches off actually I think that uh, I used to have the Fitbit uh, and I used mm -hmm. to be obsessed with all the data and then uh, I, I took it off a year perhaps a year and a half ago uh, when I realized that you know I, I have all these data tracking my my health uh, instead of really looking uh, towards myself and asking how do I yeah. feel do I feel great whether I yeah. walked 8,000 or 20,000 steps today you know yeah. am i okay i am yes all right okay so you know dump the watch and sort of ask yourself the questions and try to sort of you know take a you know a good good look or a look good feel and, and i think that's enough i think we're very detached from how we uh, feel and therefore we use a lot of distractions so i think it's a little bit of a catch-22 yeah. I really, I really agree. There's another guy I listen to. Maybe you know, maybe you've listened to him as well. Sam Harris. Have you come across Sam Harris? He's a very amazing guy, actually. So you should check him out as well. He has a, a, I will. a, a podcast called Waking Up and he actually has an app called Waking Up and talks a lot yeah. about um, uh, meditation and all sorts of things. He's, he's an intellectual from the US. But yeah, he, he's influenced me a lot because I've, I've felt... Uh, so I actually I so this year has been uh, not from New Year's but has been a lot for me about trying to set some goals for myself because I've actually trained as a coach and I talk a lot about coaching and I love coaching but I, I realize I don't do a whole lot of kind of <laughs> me stuff so I decided just quietly to set myself some goals and I, I'm trying you know I've got various things lined up for myself not making a big deal and not posting about them I mean actually I'm posting about my activity goals on um strava but that's because and strava is a website yeah. i don't know if you know it yeah. log, log runs and stuff but i do that because i then can see what i've done and it's kind of um it's almost like it's a, an account accountability yeah. thing for myself so it's not i don't really care that much whether people like it or not and whatever i'm it's all for me but uh i felt so empowered by that so i mean i'm only at the i guess i'm only at the beginning of uh, maybe a journey towards where you've got you you've got to but i i feel really good for it i feel so empowered to have you know achieved something each day and achieved it you know even if it's a small goal. i've skipped every like jump roped every day this year so far so i'm like for just five minutes i said i can take five minutes of every day and good on and you skip good and, and yeah but it's, consistency it's so weird because 
<laughs> because now I'm trying to learn tricks and stuff because it's a bit boring once after a while just skipping so now I'm trying to learn tricks and things and it's it's getting a little bit uh, strange now my wife says it's only little girls that skip and I'm like and boxers <laughs> <laughs> no but I think I, I think uh, that I mean I think sort of what you're just onto I think that applies a lot to to things in life in general, sort of, you know, succeeding with things, achieving things. And I think that, you know, usually when, you know, I think there is two, three things that you, you have to do, right? One of them is, of course, the, the, the Monday thing. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's one of the things. But the first thing, you have to have that, you know, intrinsic motivation, right? Why are you doing it? Uh, you know, what do you aim to get out of this? How does it, how does it make you feel uh, when you accomplish, achieve things? So you have to have that internal motivation. Uh, and once you have that strong internal motivations, you have to establish good habits like you've done now with the five minutes. Mm. And uh, I think sometimes this is where we get mixed up when we, we sort of do not accomplish or achieve the things that we've set ourselves out to do. Because I think that the... Motivation is volatile, right? It goes up and down. But I think the habits, on the other hand, that's the trend line. So yeah. the habits is what gets you to the goals, not the motivations. The motivations is what keeps you going when, you know, eventually things get a little bit uh, tough. So I think that yeah. finding that, that intrinsic motivation, uh, understanding why you're doing it, uh, and then while you're... Uh, volatile motivation is on a high set habits as quickly as possible and then stick yeah. to those habits uh, and I think those are the two key things you need to to really get good at in order to to achieve things I, I absolutely love that and I and I it's it's very interesting because I hadn't looked at it from that perspective of sort of that habit forming alongside the motivation, because I, I think when uh, now we're nicely sitting in the zone of wind building. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I thought but, we had but, to take us there somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, good job, really good job. I love it. I love it. You saw the path, you just grabbed it. No, but I, I think it's, uh, it's for me, it's sort of, it's. It, I've talked to some very interesting, I mean, amazing people from all different places and um obviously i got quite passionate about education working with the effort as long as i did and, and i worked in fact with the sort of boarding schools part so i met a lot of teachers and and when i was working with tours i met a lot of tour directors who were very passionate about a lot of them very passionate about educating people but i realized something that was sort of missing from the conversations around education sort of in the mainstream which was this curiosity factor and you've mentioned the word curiosity so many times but for me it's it's so interesting that you know if if we can inspire curiosity to learn inspire curiosity in a child that is the thing that the good teachers are doing it's not it doesn't matter the content it doesn't matter the the subject, if they are inspired to learn and curious, inspired to be curious and try to learn, then they're on the right track. And it's that kind of, that's where the motivation is. Then they start learning because they're forming habits within that, that uh, realm. But I really like your way of looking at it, that sort of forming habits, establishing good habits 
Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think you good. you can sort of just uh, you know you have the trend line like this, and then you have the the motivation as very volatile, and and we all know. I mean, there is so much research on 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 motivation and habits, right? That we need to set uh, habits while we're at a high when it comes to motivation. Uh, and then make those habits as easy as they possibly can because they need to still be doable ones with drop in motivation. Uh, yeah. And that's why I think things like you're doing five minutes a day works. If you would have said yeah. that you would do an hour a day, you would probably have given up already. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> maybe it's not you, good. okay. but <laughs> No, I would, I would have done 100% because I've got a very young, I mean, I'm, I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old and you know, the two-year-old is still waking us up kind of randomly whenever she feels like it in the morning it's not like we haven't got a you know waking up at 7 a.m every morning and that's perfect it's like sometimes it's 7 a.m sometimes it's 5 30 and so to the point about getting up early and doing a workout i mean i have a funny picture of myself doing a yoga session at 5 30 in the morning with with her on top of because you know, <laughs> she realized daddy was up so she got up yeah. and, you know started climbing over the interesting object that was now sitting in the living room so i think you know I, i'm at a stage where i can't really well it, it would be extremely difficult for me to sort of set a habit of two hours in the morning kind of thing to myself because my wife i think would probably leave me <laughs> at this stage but i can we can definitely see that future and I, what i said to myself at the beginning of the year is what can i do you know and i was like if i can't take five minutes a day to do skipping that's a very sad state of affairs you know five minutes to myself like and and my wife was, was like of course that's totally you know yeah totally reasonable so yeah. uh, i mean she probably would have said it's reasonable with half an hour an hour or whatever but to your point as well like i would have felt very challenged to get that completed plus i mean sometimes i skip for 10 minutes but skipping is uh, it turns out every day is not the most interesting thing to do <laughs> unless you learn new tricks right uh well, sort of there's only so many uh, 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 upskilling <laughs> but, your your skipping game uh -huh. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping by the end of the year I can do some pretty cool stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, listen, Martin, I think I'm going to start to wrap up, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to also, I mean, you've given some amazing advice, I think, for people, anyone listening. And, and I, I, I hope that people found it as... Um, as a kind of, uh, to be honest, inspirational as I have. Uh, I think, you know, the, the, the sort of tools you've talked about i think some people can really benefit from those but i wanted to ask you uh, directly you know is there anything that you would tie specifically as advice towards you know younger people looking to build achievement looking to build win beyond what you've said already or i mean is there any specific things you want to repeat and and tie in there you know there's so many things you know i wish i would have done uh when i was younger uh, or sorry, there are so many things I wish I would have done more of when I was younger. Mm. But I think one of my goals in 2020 is to seek discomfort. You mean 2021? Sorry, 2021. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. 2020. You've, you've really failed on that COVID. goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it, in so so the goal in in 2021 is to seek discomfort because I think the. Mm. The older we get, the more, well, automatically, right, we become a little bit more comfortable. 
Uh, and uh, you know, I I'm really challenging myself to find the zone where I can, you know, dip my feet into the unknown and learn new things about myself, others, etc. And uh, this is hard when you get as old as as we are. Mm-hmm. It's tough. So my advice, uh, you know, to any young person out there is not to get trapped in the you know, supposed to career and life path, mm. but be curious as long as you possibly can. Uh, learn things, uh, experience things. It's only going to be to your benefit. Uh, mm. And uh, I wish I would have done more of that, even though I did a, a fair bit. Yeah. And I think one more thing, I, 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 we didn't talk about that uh, today, uh, but I think a little bit about, uh, you know, success versus failure and, and things like that. And I think that we, we're sort of uh, bringing up kids in an environment where it's uh, shameful to, to fail, if you want to use that word. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. I think if you look up failure, it's, it's uh, lack of success. So it's rather mm. about sort of defining what success looks to you and, and then go, go and chase it. And I think that... If you do not succeed, then it's yet another learning experience. Um, I, I but I love the word failure actually. I, I but, but mainly because, and it's come up a lot during during a lot of the conversations I've had. And but it's because I sort of take the attitude of embrace the fail. Like that is the learning opportunity, and that's where you you can learn to adjust from. So, um, you know, failure. I, I, I totally agree with your point. It's lack of success, and and uh, yeah, but it's 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 the it's the opportunity that comes along that and, and embracing that. But there is actually, uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of cognitive research uh, that shows when they've set up learners for failure, if we use that term, that's when you have the stickiest learning experience. You're going to love the Huberman Lab so much. Okay. I cannot, I yeah. cannot tell you. Neuroplasticity. Right. There's a whole like week yeah. of neuroplasticity. Okay, I, I love that. I, that. I, I, that, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, that sounds really good. <laughs> you ha- you, you're just going to be like, oh my God, this guy is so cool and amazing. And he talks all about stuff that maybe you know it all already. But uh, yeah, he talks no, no, about no. all the research and, and you know, uh, there is, stickiness. Like you there is said, so yeah. much great stuff to learn from, from people out there. And I think, you know, I mean, we're blessed in the times we live, right? If we just use everything that's out there in the right way, we can equip ourselves with so many great tools. So so I think it's just, it's a blessing that we have all this stuff around us. But I mean, my, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I think alongside that, though, and just back to your point about sort of your your advice, which I I really, you know, I think that's sort of be curious, you know, to younger people, be curious and, and, and keep, being curious don't get stuck in you know the supposed to thing i think also there is a lot of pressure nowadays on young people to because there's so much access you know they have the world at their fingertips literally you know and they have so many different elements of content or learning that is freely available to them why the hell can they not learn you know this sort of there's so much and and in a way that in in a sense is also pressure for them i think also and i i think you will agree with this i'm going to assume you agree with this but it's like the, the, the there's also an importance to enjoy the moment you're in and and make sure you're present and, and grateful for where you're at because it's so 
it, it's so overwhelming sometimes even for adults it's overwhelming you know with all of the the different information coming at us from every angle and you know fake news and <laughs> concerns about the world uh, you know it's like be present and enjoy the moment you're in i think is 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 also a part of that it, it, explore and, and learn things right i i fully agree i fully agree and you know like like you know have fun as well have fun along the way you know life it takes very different different uh, shapes and forms uh, yeah. so make sure you have fun along the way well, that is a great place to end. And I can I can say uh, that uh, I know your wife quite well because I worked with her and she's certainly someone who I consider a lot of fun because we had a, we had a great time working together and uh, she's a lovely, lovely person. So um, please send my love to her uh, and, and uh, pass on my uh, uh, my best wishes to the whole family. I've met I've met the kids, but I don't think they'd remember me. So <laughs> pass it on <laughs> but Martin, thank you so much for for meeting me and and and, uh, and taking this podcast. I I think it's been a really um for me it's been a great conversation i love talking to you i love meeting you i'm i'm inspired by you so uh, uh i i wish you all the best with your your future and your continued success in your uh your embracing mondays and your well-being <laughs> <laughs> i'll try i'll try my best and i'll try to do some, some some good in the world as well all right great thank you so much martin all the best thank you nick bye-bye thank you <laughs> so thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed that episode um please do consider giving it a like on uh, youtube and and uh, also subscribing to my channel if uh, if you don't mind it really helps me out actually to build a bit of an audience um and if you're um listening on the podcast app still go over to youtube and subscribe over there <laughs> but also uh please do feel free to give it a, a, a rating if you if you feel so desired uh thanks very much for those of you who have have given me some um, great feedback already and and I do appreciate any feedback anything positive or negative I really want to understand and improve this whole journey so uh, yeah um, I'll see you in the next round of, uh, of the podcast bye